Because the main question that the people have with about us, about South Africa, is that while apartheid was the law of the country, where was the church? The church was in existence, but the church had allowed itself to be co-opted by the politicians and the political systems of the country. And that's the danger that we are facing today. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a network of people and churches working together to spread the hope of Christ. For more than 25 years, CBF has been driven by its mission to serve Christians and churches as they discover and fulfill their God-given mission. Join the fellowship at work in long-term global missions in more than 25 countries. Join them too as they strive to form healthy congregations and support the ministers that serve them. Put your faith to action. Visit cbf.net to get connected. In this episode, we're going to hear a message from Paul Masisa, president of the Baptist World Alliance. Now, Paul was supposed to be in Missouri for the spring gathering of ChurchNet to deliver this message, and I was looking forward to seeing him again as well as interviewing him again. Unfortunately, because of coronavirus, that wasn't possible. But he was able to still preach for the virtual ChurchNet spring gathering that occurred on Friday, April 24th on Facebook. And he brought his message from South Africa, where he lives and ministers. So I'd like to share the message because I think it's a timely and important word from an important global Baptist leader. If you're interested to learn more about Paul and his work with the BWA, we did have an earlier interview with him, and you can find that in episode 65. Paul's five-year term as president of the Baptist World Alliance will end this summer, and he has a really strong prophetic message that he brings about the impact of the church under apartheid and lessons that he has drawn from that, that other Baptists and Christians around the world need to hear that warning. And at the same time, Paul is also very pastoral at heart. And so the first part of the sermon is, is really that pastoral side as he talks about hope and what it means to be people of hope. And then he moves from that. He builds on that hope for how this impacts the way we should be engaging in our societies and our nations today. So here's Paul Masisa of the Baptist War Alliance preaching for ChurchNet Spring Gathering. I, I was given uh, the slot to, to share God's word and uh, on a very so relevant subject, topic. Hope overflowing. Taken from the book of Romans chapter 15 verse 13 this message this topic comes at a relevant time when the world is challenged by this pandemic comes at a relevant time when everybody is looking to hear a message of hope everybody's looking to hear somebody speak about hope because that's what we need to have hope in this 
moment of great challenge. And the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome, the church that was going through very difficult time. In its own, the church that was facing severe persecutions. And when he writes, we know in chapter 8, as we read the text, where he asks a question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is it fast hardship, persecution, death? And he says, no, in all this we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. Yes, it is because of this hope that we have in him. And when Paul pins down these words in verse 30 and say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope overflowing. Even in times like this. This hope makes us to say boldly that God is in charge. No matter what's happening around us, God is still on the throne. And we can sing that chorus that he has the whole world in his hands. Even in the time like this, we are sustained by this hope. Yes, it is possible that we can overflow with hope in moments of challenge. And, and this hope, the, 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 the Apostle Paul, when he writes, he, he reminds us that this hope is from God. He reminds us that this hope is from no one else or from nothing else. But this hope comes from Christ, our Redeemer and Savior. As we too declare when we chant that great hymn by Charlie Hall, my hope is built on nothing else than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sinner's frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Oh, Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. This is, this is the hope we have in our God. This is the hope that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The hope that makes us to say, even when it turns dark, we know that in the deepest darkness, our God is still in charge. The hope we have in Christ is because all other things are temporary. They are here and tomorrow they are no more. But Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Christ will never change. Therefore, our hope and our source of hope as Christians, it is important that it should always remain in Christ. It is important to know that as long as Jesus is at the center of our lives, as long as Christ is our only hope, we know that all is well no matter what. But beyond that, we know that when we have this overflowing hope in Christ, 
hope from God our Father, hope from Jesus Christ our Savior, hope that come to us through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. When that hopes abound in us, then as a church of God, we will be in a position to fulfill our mandate on earth. Our mandate, which is to do the mission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This hope that we have, it is not given to us only for us to enjoy alone. So that only us, the church, only us who believe in Christ can have peace and joy. It is not only meant for us, but it's meant for us so that we can in turn become a blessing to others. The hope that we have is given to us so that we can become the instruments of God. We can become the, the very channel that God used to reach others and give them the same hope that we have. And therefore, it is imperative that we remain in this hope. It is important that we do not drift away from this hope. Because when we drift away from this hope, we will then not lose only this hope, but we will not fulfill our mission as God's church on earth. The hope that we have makes us to impact the lives of others in this world. I, I don't need to mention that we, we live in days and times when millions are still dying of hunger, disease and wars. And the hope that we have in Jesus enable us to open our hearts to the sufferings of others. The hope that we have in Jesus moves us to open our hearts to reach out to others. And God has given us this hope so that with this hope, we will be able to live through difficult times, but that through this hope and with this hope and in this hope, we can reach out to others. We, we cannot rely on anything but Christ, the solid rock, who gives us this overflowing hope. Hope overflowing comes from Christ alone, and it is unto him that we give only the glory. We live for him, as the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 2, verses 20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life we live today, we live by faith in the Son of God, who loves us and who gave his life, who gave his life for us. And as Christians, our lives are centered in Christ. When we talk about the hope we have, this hope is only based on us being in Christ Jesus. And I'm emphasizing this point that we have this hope from God and will remain in this hope as long as Christ is at the center of our lives. Because we are living in the day and age where we witness the church drifting away from Christ. We are living in the days when the church moving Christ from the center 
of its mission and the center of its theology and doctrine. The book of Hebrews chapter 2 verses 1 gives us a warning. It says we must pay attention, the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. The warning is that we should not drift away because when we drift away, we will be drifting away from this hope that we have in Christ. I, I said drifting away happens when we in our churches, in our life as Christians, we no longer have Christ as the center of our lives and our faith. When Christ is not at the center of our lives and our faith, we will not only lose this hope, but we are going to fail to fulfill the mission that God has called us to do. Now, I'm saying this because of what I experienced as I traveled, but this takes me back to my own country, to South Africa. And I want to share about just the little experience of what we have during those dark days of apartheid. Because the main question that the people have with about us, about South Africa, is that while apartheid was the law of the country, where was the church? The church was in existence, but the church had allowed itself to be co-opted by the politicians and the political systems of the country. And that's the danger that we are facing today. That instead of us being the hope of the world as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, instead of us as the ones unto whom people will look at hoping to find something good, we allow ourselves to be co-opted. Let me say this, my sisters and brothers. I, I'm not speaking against politicians, but I know that there is what we call unholy politics. When politicians will play the game of power. In this context, they play in the game of power in order to win the church to be on their side and co-opt the church. When they co-opt the church, then the church no longer see Christ as or have Christ as the center of its mission and belief. The church will then, in the language of the Kairos document in South Africa, the church will then start to embrace what we call state theology. The state theology makes the state to become the kingdom of God and makes politicians to become the saints that will ever be correct and can never be corrected. They become untouchable because they have managed in their own way to make the church to belong to the state theology. The state theology elevates 
the state above God and elevates elevates politicians to the point that politicians become the ambassador and the church is at the mercy of politicians. We are living in those days when Christians are so divided because of politicians, when Christians have lost their focus because of the politics of the countries. Let me tell you, yes, we live in a country where we have to participate in the politics of the day, but we need to always remember we are the carriers of the overflowing hope in Jesus Christ. We are the servants of Jesus Christ. The church will always remain the servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. We say to the world, if you are looking for hope, the church is the one that has the hope for the world. God has called us, filled us with the Holy Spirit, sent us to the world, Remember after resurrection when Jesus Christ said to the apostles, receive the Holy Spirit. I give you authority. Go out. You have the authority to be my disciples, to be my ambassadors. But when we abdicate that, when we allow to be co-opted, we lose that hope. Our mission becomes diluted. Ah, I've mentioned, I've mentioned this, that the church then, then becomes co-opted and then the church is now subject of, it's subject to the state theology. This is the theology that makes the unholy laws to be holy. It's the theology that glorifies racism glorifies bigotry it glorifies extreme nationalism and makes these evil things like white supremacy as if they are god's order if the church is co-opted by the state it become an instrument that is used by the straight state to bless unholy laws of the land the state theology has the God of the state. When Christians move Christ from the center of their faith and life and get co-opted by the unholy politics and politicians, they will worship the God of the state. The God of the state cannot confront the evils of this world, but compromise with every evil system. This is the God that humiliates the oppressed and, and exalt the oppressors. The God of the state theology is not the almighty God, the creators of the heavens and the earth. But this is the golden calf. This is an idol that fools the people who worship it. The God of the state is not our God, is not God our Father, God our Son, the Holy Spirit. Yes. We need to be careful as the church to know that the hope that we have, we can only have that hope and live in that hope if Christ is at the center. And the danger that we're facing today, 
more dangerous than any other thing is the effort every day by the powerful people to co-opt the church and use the church as their instrument to reach their own goals. What happened when the Christian church gets co-opted by politics and political systems? We no longer become the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We no longer become the prophets of Christ, but we become the prophets of the politicians. Politicians know very well how they can do this. They will use the slogans that appeal to our conscience. They will join our protest march. Yes, they will align themselves with some of our theologies. Because they know that when we hear them to be seem, seem like singing from the same hymn sheet as us, we are likely to think that they are the saints and we get divided as the church. They know how to co-opt us, but they will not turn their hearts to God. They will win the church so that the church will bless their system. But when we allow ourselves to be co-opted, then we will no longer do the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we drift away from God, we lose this hope that we have in Christ. We need to know, my sisters and brothers, that we belong to one master. We belong to one Lord, Jesus Christ. Yes, we're living on earth. We're part of the earthly system. But we have a greater master, Lord and Savior, who purchased us with his precious blood. Yes, we can support political parties and, and politicians, but we remain very objective in our, in our support because we are the servants of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without Christ, we don't have any hope, no peace, no joy. Without Christ being at the center of our lives, we will not be able to live here on earth and fulfill our calling that God has put upon us as his church. And therefore, in order for us to continue living in this hope overflowing, we need to say to the church, to, to the world, and to everyone, we belong to Jesus and to Jesus alone. And when people know that Christ is at the center of our lives, Christ is the center of our mission, and our hope is in Christ alone, the church once again will be able to command respect in the world, but the church will also once again be able to impact the world. As I conclude, May this overflowing hope, hope overflowing, continue to fill your lives, to fill our lives with peace and joy. 
This hope is brought into our lives by the Holy Spirit. And I can say that the Holy Spirit would not have come to us if Christ had not died on the cross. The Holy Spirit would not have come to us if Christ did not rise early Sunday morning, conquer death, sin, and Satan. The Holy Spirit would not come to us if Christ did not descend and sit at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. But because Christ has died for us, was buried, and on the third day, he rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God the Father, we have this overflowing hope that he reigns forever. We have this overflowing hope. Christ will always be with us, even to the end of the world. We have this overflowing hope that Christ lives in us through the Holy Spirit. We have this overflowing hope that one day he's going to come back and we are going to meet him. We are going to be with him in his glory to eternity. This is the hope we have, the hope that overflow, that flows in us, the hope that makes us to be God's servants to the world, to go and give the good news to every soul, to every person, to go and show God's love, God's caring love, grace and mercy to every person because of the hope that is in us. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. And may the Lord bless you. May this hope continue to flow over in your life. May Jesus be the center of your life. May Jesus be the center of the mission that we do on earth. When we do that, this hope will continue to overflow. God bless you all. Thank you, my dear beloved, in Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. You can learn more about the Baptist World Alliance at bwanet.org. As always, you can find us at wordandway.org don't forget to check out our sponsoring partner for this week's episode, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook. And head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review to help more people to find the show. That really does help. You can find easy-to-share links at podcast.wordandway.org. And if you'd like to give to support this program, we greatly appreciate it. Especially during these times of coronavirus and financial uncertainty, it really would help us. And so all you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the donate button. And whatever you give there will help support the production of this podcast, as well as our website and our monthly magazine. And speaking of that magazine, if you're not a subscriber, I have a deal for you. You can get half off for one year. Just go to tinyurl.com slash wwoffer. If you have any comments or feedback about the program, you can send those to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. Thanks for listening.